was a day I'll never forget. I was so tired that day. I was really exhausted, physically, and mentally, and, and even spiritually, because the day started so early. Jesus always started his day early. Because he liked to get up and go find a quiet place where he could pray. And we decided that day that uh, he was not to be alone. We wanted to be with him. We, that, that, I mean me, Peter, and, and the rest of us who are called his disciples. We, we wanted to be with him to, to give him some space to be protected. Because... Um, the previous day, we had heard some really terrifying, disturbing news. It had finally reached us that King Herod had beheaded John the Baptist, Jesus' cousin. And, and we wanted to be with Jesus so that the crowds wouldn't find him and, and, and come around him too quickly. He needed, needed time to pray and, and to be comforted. So uh, that's the way the day started. It didn't get much better, at least uh, as I was thinking about it. We were so tired that uh, when Jesus said that he wanted to go someplace else, uh, we said, we can't walk. We're just too tired. So we all got in a boat. And uh, we started to just move along the shore of the Sea of Galilee. But that day was no different than other days in some ways. Because when, when people had a sense that Jesus was nearby, they wanted to come. They wanted to come and be with him. They wanted to to keep their eyes on Jesus and, and listen to the stories that, that he would tell because he told such good stories about God and about God's kingdom. That people just wanted to hear it because they understood what those stories were all about because those stories were, were told in, in language that, that was everyday language. Uh, for instance, there's that story about... Um, the kingdom of God being a fishnet that is tossed into the water and it brings in a large catch of fish. <laughs> now, Jesus wasn't saying that, that God was trying to fish for fish. <laughs> what he was really saying is that, Je that God was casting his large net of love just to draw people to himself. And then there was that story about a man who was walking through a field, and, and he saw something glimmer, and he went down and picked it up, and it was a pearl. Now, wow, that, that is a treasure. So he put the pearl back, covered it up, and then he went home, and he sold everything that he had just so he had enough money to go buy that field, and that the uh, field and that, that pearl would rightfully belong to him. That gave people hope. Because it was telling people, Jesus was telling people that, that God himself is this treasure 
to be valued and to have as a part of, of one's life. Well, those were the kind of stories that, that Jesus told, and those were the kind of stories that, that people wanted to hear. So when we finally came to the place where Jesus wanted to be and we pulled our, our boat up on the shore to get out, there they were. This crowd of people had come to listen, to ask Jesus to tell them some more stories. Well, you know Jesus, he doesn't disappoint anybody. So he started telling stories. And the stories went on and on and on into the afternoon. And we realized that it was really getting rather late. And, and, and there was a large crowd there. As, as, as we counted it, there were 5,000, maybe more than that, a, a bigger number than we could really count. And, and we went to Jesus and we said, uh, you need to tell them to go home because it's almost supper time and there's nothing here to feed them. You know what Jesus has said? He said, you feed them. Us? How can we feed them? We don't have enough food. In fact, when we got in the boat this morning, we had only enough food, maybe, for us. How, how are we going to feed over 5,000 people? That's not enough. Well, maybe, maybe you've heard that story, that in the crowd there was uh, a young boy. And uh, he had some food with him. Five little biscuits and two little fish. We, we told that to Jesus. And he said, uh, bring the boy to me. What? This boy who had the five little biscuits and the two fish gave them to Jesus. And we kept our eyes on Jesus to see what he was going to do with these fish and these biscuits. Don't you know that there are over 5,000 people here, Jesus? What is this? But Jesus thanked the boy. And then he prayed and thanked God for God's provisions. And then he said, uh, have all the people sit down on the grass. What? Yeah, have them all sit down on the grass. And then he started, I don't know what he did, but he did something with this fish. And he said, now here, he started giving the 12 of us food to take and distribute to everybody. So we did. And guess what? Everybody was fed. And there were even leftovers. When, when you think that the impossible cannot happen, that's when Jesus challenges your faith. Not only does Jesus challenge your faith, but it's also a time for him to demonstrate the faithfulness of God. I don't know why it takes me, it took me so long to learn that. I don't know why it was that... Uh, Doubt and, and faith seemed to live in my life like twin brothers. But they were together. Sometimes faith, sometimes doubt. I'll tell you more about that in a minute. 
I just don't understand why it was taking me so long. Because Jesus never disappointed anybody. You, you remember that time when uh, Jesus was at a wedding and the wine ran out? And then there were six large jars of water and, and Jesus turned those six jars of water into wine? <sighs> he didn't disappoint that crowd at that wedding. And, and then there was that time when... Um, all of us were in a boat. Again, we were tired. And uh, we were sleeping. No, we were awake. Jesus was sleeping in the back of the boat of all places. And, and this storm came up, and, and we were wondering if we were going to be overwhelmed by this storm. And, and Jesus got up. Actually, we had to wake him up. Jesus got up, and he looked out, and he said, Quiet down out there. Now, that was a story I should have remembered on this day I'm telling you about. But it kind of slipped my memory. Well, anyway, as the day went on and evening came and went a little further into the evening, uh, Jesus said, uh, why don't you go into the boat while I dismiss the crowd, and, and I'm going to go up into the hills and I'm going to pray while you go around to the other side of the lake. And I'll meet you over there in the morning. Well, that sounded like a pretty good idea, especially for some of us who are fishermen, and we've been on that lake a number of times. A nice, calm, quiet ride in a boat in the evening is is really a a very pleasant thing. Oh, yes, yes. Uh, The north end of the Sea of Galilee was also uh, famous, I guess you would say, for quick storms erupting, but we were too tired to think about that. So we got in the boat, as Jesus asked us to do, and we started moving over to the other side of the, of the lake. And then it happened. The wind came up, and it was beating the sail so badly that filling it with gusts of this wind that it was rocking the boat back and forth and we were wondering if it was going to tip us over or not. And we really had to struggle to get the sail down. We did. But that exhausted us even more. There was a bit of calm on the water. And we were thankful for that. But the storm really didn't subside all that much. And, and, and then, in the middle of the night, we saw something that we never thought we'd see. In fact, we'd never seen one before. A ghost. A ghost came walking from the shore out to us in the boat. Death had come for us. We were either going to die of fright or we were going to die of drowning. <laughs> it didn't matter. One way or other, we, we were doomed. And we saw this ghost coming, and he came closer and closer. And the closer he came, the more terrified we were. He was saying something. This ghost was saying something to us. But we, we couldn't really understand because the wind was still blowing, and he was a little too far away. And... He, even, the closer he got, the even even more we were terrified. And and then we heard what 
this ghost was saying. He said, friends, don't be discouraged. It's me. Don't be afraid. The, the voice sounded familiar. Uh, but, but how could that be? It sounded like Jesus' voice, but we had never heard of or seen anybody walking on the water before. That, that was really strange for us. But he came close enough so that we could recognize that it was Jesus. It was quite a surprise for us. And, and then, recognizing Jesus, I said, uh, Jesus, if that is you, ask me to come to you on the water. And he took me at, his, at my word, and he said, well, come, Peter. Come, walk to me on the water. With my eyes on Jesus... I stepped over the side of the boat, and there I was, standing on water. Wow! What a feeling of terror and excitement at the same time. (laughs) I'm standing on water. Who does that? (sighs) If I had been smart, I'm not sure I would have said that. I would not have asked Jesus to asked me to come to him, but he did, and here I am. And I kept saying to myself, keep your eyes on Jesus. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Keep your eyes on Jesus as I took one, two, three small steps. Keep your eyes on Jesus. But then I started thinking, what if? What if, what if with my next step, I start to sink? What if the wind knocks me over? What if, what if? Do you ever have days like that? What if this or what if that? I I think you know what I'm talking about, don't you? (laughs) Really, what I should have been saying to myself is, what if I just keep my eyes on Jesus? Well, I didn't. The wind caught my attention, and I looked away, and as soon as I looked away, I knew I had made a big mistake. And I started to sink. And I cried out, Master, save me! I don't know if it was faith or if it was panic. Maybe it was a little bit of both. I had not had enough faith to keep my eyes on Jesus when the wind was blowing off on, on, to the side of me. But maybe, maybe I had just a little enough faith to, to call out to Jesus. Jesus was close by enough that uh, he heard my yell for help. In fact, he was so close that he could reach out with his hand and he took hold of my arm and he turned me around and we walked back to the boat and we both climbed over the side 
and we were in the boat. I don't know how many times I've told that story to different people. But every time I tell it, or every time I did tell it, I always thought of one little more detail of that story. Uh, even as I was telling it to you just now, there was, there was something I remember that I'm not sure I'd said before, but I certainly remembered it as I'm telling it to you. I didn't get too wet. I, I don't think I got wet up, even up to my knees. My, my cloak didn't get that wet. Now, that may not sound too important to you. But for me, it says something. It said that uh, not only could I cry out to Jesus for help, but that he is there to help. And that he reached out to me and he didn't cause me to sink too far. But he was able to lift me up and hold me when, when my faith wasn't as strong as perhaps I would like it to be? You know, I don't know about you, but I think life is sometimes like walking on water. It doesn't always feel secure. It doesn't always feel comfortable. There are things that distract us and, and can get our attention off of where Jesus would like it to be. We, we start looking at the things that can disrupt our life, and we put our eyes over there instead of keeping our eyes on Jesus, who is there to, to help us walk through, maybe sometimes more often than we think, difficult times in our life. If there's, if there's one thing that I've been learning, and, and maybe I'm still learning it, that I would like to pass on to you is just this. Wherever you are, whatever you're doing, whoever you are, keep your eyes on Jesus. Because when we do, some way, somehow, Jesus doesn't disappoint us. Well, thanks for listening. And God bless you as you respond to Jesus' invitation to come and follow him wherever it is and however he leads you so that uh, he can show you, too, the faithfulness of God. Amen. Will you pray with me, please? Lord God, we, we thank you that uh, we've been able to gather together, maybe even feeling like this has been a big boat, and we've all been passengers together on, on this journey of faith. We thank you, Lord, that uh, you are the one who, even when we feel like the boat is unstable or we're not quite sure where it's going, that you're the one who, who comes to us. You are the one who says, I'm here for you. You're the one who says, I love you so much that... I'm not going to let you out of my sight. Thank you for that. Thank you for that. And Lord, uh, 
Thank you for knowing exactly who we are and where we are. Thank you for your constant faithfulness to even to us even when we falter in our faithfulness in our relationship with you. This morning and every Sunday as we gather together in your name to worship you, we are renewed and strengthened in our life of faith for the week ahead. Help us to remember how you have met us in this hour. And may the memory of that be encouragement to us and maybe even increase our faith. We thank you for your faithfulness in watching over Nick these days and his family during his surgery on Friday. We're glad that he's home. We ask for your presence in his life and managing pain and recovery and for your protection and his healing and for rest and peace of mind for for Amy and Jeff and the whole family this week, we pray. We pray for, for Scott and Amy's friend Brett's successful surgery and for your care for him as he contends with cancer. Bring healing to him and peace to his wife, Teresa, and their children. May they know your saving love in this, their time of need. Lord, we pray for all people, people who each of us may know personally, uh, of whom we are aware, who, who need your healing touch in their life. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for Evelyn Johnson as she grieves the death of her brother and asks for, and ask for your comforting spirit to surround her and her family in this time of uh, brokenheartedness. We pray for civility in our country in the midst of uh, the brokenness of violence, for people grieving, people living in fear, for healing of cities and communities, for leaders to have wisdom and courage to act for peace, for each of us to do our part in hate having no place to take root in our lives or being acted out. We pray for our covenant Latino sisters and brothers who are even afraid to attend worship in their churches for fear of raids. Lord, may they know your love and your care for them. We pray for those pastors that they would be strengthened of heart and spirit to care for their people. For the over 100 Latino churches in the covenant, we pray. And for the 10 in the Central Conference, we pray. We lift before you the Benia family with thanksgiving for Kelsey's work permit, and we pray for Shannon finding work that will be fulfilling for her, for Louisa as she begins teaching, as they ask for continued prayer for their ministry, we do ask you, Lord, to give them what they need, strength, peace, love, and wisdom. And as we think of teaching, this has been a week in which uh, students and teachers have gone back to classrooms. Lord, uh, we pray for them. We pray for the students that uh, they would grow in uh, wisdom, in knowledge, in stature, and also find ways to uh, see that you are faithful to them in uh, living their life as students. We pray for teachers. We thank you for for their wisdom. We thank you for their dedication. We, we thank you for their willingness to to be with um, our young people. We ask, Lord, that uh, you would give them 
the strength of heart, soul, mind, and body that they need to, um, to be in the classroom. And may they find it uh, a joy also to see their students grow and learn. Lord, as a church, we are two weeks away from a new fall season of ministry. And there is much to continue to be preparing for. Thank you for the ways in which uh, you have already brought people together for various ministries. And we still pray for what is yet needed to be accomplished, that it will be fulfilled to your honor and your glory and the intent for which you have it for our purposes of faith and service. We pray for Pastor Leslie as he prepares to lead. Grant him your wisdom, and may you help him be rested in these days for the days that are ahead of him. Lord, as you have had your eyes on us this morning, help us in the days and weeks ahead to keep our eyes on you, the eyes of our hearts and our spirits turned to you, to see you as you reveal yourself to us day by day. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Amen.